Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 97. So this week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with a band called Fire by Night. Um, I just recently found out about them, but I am really invested in what their sound is and kind of the progression uh, sonically that they're making. And um, yeah, it was cool to, to link up with them and talk about a wide variety of things. Uh, I was actually able to connect with the whole band. Um, so that's, again, I've told you guys this before. It's always super cool when multiple members of the, the band can be a part of it because then you get everybody's insight and you know it's not just about uh you know what the singer thinks or what the guitarist thinks or the drummer or whoever um so yeah it, it was a great conversation um really appreciate them finding the time to kind of link up everybody so that we could do this uh as a group um and you know we talked about a pretty wide variety of of subjects um everything from finding the right lineup you know as most bands do there's lineup changes which in turn affect your sound which in turn affect relationships and you know just a a whole lot that goes into making sure you're in a group of people that are similarly motivated and have similar desires and and aspirations um so we talked about that we talked kind of about the state of the music industry uh being diy kind of the whole gamut of what being a band today really is um and it was super fun so i want to uh not waste a bunch of time here at the beginning and and jump right into this conversation uh they definitely need to be on your radars uh, you'll hear us talk about it throughout the episode, but um, they've got a lot of new material coming up soon, uh, so you're going to want to keep your eyes, you know, looking out for that. Um, but before you do that, you have to hear about it. So let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Fire by Night. Cool. Uh, so to start things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every time. And that's the simple introduction, um, who you guys are kind of what the project is and a little background on yourself. Okay. Um, yeah. So we are fire by night. I'm Skippy and, (laughs) and, uh, Kaylee couldn't join us at this moment, but might jump in in a little bit. Um, but we are a hard rock band based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and recently dropped a single, Obsessions, that talks about um, anxiety and depression and um, kind of what it's like when you feel like you're fighting that battle alone Um, and when you have, like, friends and family that don't seem to not understand how that affects you. And so they say very cliche things like, it'll get better, (laughs) just give it time, you know, that whole thing, so... Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, you know, we talked a little bit about, I have the second podcast that's specifically around mental health. Um, but it's kind of funny because, you know, I talk about that a lot where those cliches people think, you know, like we obviously understand that they think that they're helping and, and being positive or whatever, but unless someone's, you know, kind of been in it and, you know, had depressive episodes and things like that, I don't think they really understand that, 
telling me that it gets better does not help me in this moment. And yeah. it's not what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the lines that uh, is in the song is, um, oh, I can't remember it now. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically like the idea that it's impossible to imagine a tomorrow if tomorrow doesn't even exist. Like if I can't see past this moment right now, you know, yeah. you telling me that it'll get better in time doesn't help, you know, but right. and, like, it's difficult because you can't get mad at people for doing that. Like they are trying to help. Right. But um, yeah, it's definitely just not helpful. <laughs> right. No, I, and you know, it's that whole, like, Oh, just give it time. It gets better. Like if you can tell me it gets better in a week, you know what I mean? Like how long yes. is time? Like, yeah. Are we talking it's better in a couple of days, a week, whatever, or are we talking like 10 years from now, things will be better? Like, exactly. What do I have to go through? And I think that's the cool thing with that song is, you know, like, obviously it's veiled in, in lyrics and, you know, metaphors, just like all music, but, um, you know, having those conversations with people are super important, but at the same time, it's that, that double-edged sword because not everybody's going to understand what you're going through. And so sometimes it is like talking to yourself in a sense. Yeah. And it's funny because like you almost, you want to talk to them so that they know where you're at, you know, being a good friend and everything. Um, but it is, uh, I guess it's a test of friendship from both ends at that point, you know, um, I want to show you that you mean enough to me, so I'm going to open up to you about this, knowing full well that you're probably not going to be very helpful right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and it, it is, that's something I talk about on the other podcast a lot, too, is like knowing your support circles and stuff like that, um, you know, it's it's important to know who is equipped to have those conversations, but almost as importantly is knowing who isn't so that either you can educate them or you know that in a crisis situation, they're not the one that you're going to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about obviously the new single obsession. Um, talk a little bit about being vulnerable and writing music to get these thoughts and almost a therapy of sorts. So, um, I think I should preface this by it was our uh, former keyboardist that actually wrote the song. <laughs> okay. uh, she's um, her name is Jasmine. She has another band called Fawn Flora, which actually Faith is also in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so she wrote the song and just, you know, felt like it didn't fit the sound of Fawn Flora. So she gave it to us. Um, and uh, but I mean, however, this song also does mean a great deal to me and I know to Kaylee as well, because she and I both have struggled with anxiety and depression for a while. Faith is just like the happiest person we know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so maybe not from the standpoint of this song specifically, but from the standpoint of um, writing music as a form of therapy and as a way to be open, um, it's it can be challenging at times. Number one, I, if I'm like in a good mood, I will feel guilty that I have like nothing to write about seemingly. Yep. And so that can be a little bit difficult, but also when I do get a song out and I do finally get that therapy and it feels really great. Other people tell me, you know, this song is good and, you know, can't wait to hear more. And so you almost feel like 
you have to keep going back to a dark place to keep writing good music. Yeah. And it's like that, um, you know, this positive reward for being in a bad place. And so you don't want right. to let people down. So you almost don't want to get out of it. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of sick, like a bad yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it reminds me of um, Bayside has the line that I'm the voice of the depressed. At least that's what people say. And it's yeah. that exact thing. Like, oh, I'm writing these sad songs and people are all about these sad songs. But now I have to keep almost self-sabotaging to get back into that position to write that music. Yeah, we've actually got another song called The Quiet Kind. And it starts out with welcome in, my dear friends. This is me or at least it could be, you know? And so yeah. that's actually talking about like, I want to let you in. I want to be that person that can be loved and that can love back. Um, but number one, I'm not sure I'm quite there and I'm not sure what that's going to do to me if I let that happen. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, when you write honest music, especially, you know, that is so deeply personal and, comes out of these depressive and anxietal uh, type of moments, it, it's this weird dichotomy, right? Like, like you said, it, it's this praise for this very negative thing. But at the same time, it's like, but when I get that praise, I feel better. So then I want to do more of that negative thing. It's like a Pavlovian response yeah, that exactly. people are congratulating me. So I should do that more. But that's a really sad thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And like so far, we've released a lot of like heavier music, a, a bit of angry music, a bit of sad music. The Quiet Kind is like our happiest song. And that's kind of weird because it's also not really supposed to be that happy. But we're actually trying to get to a turning point where we can actually pivot from the heavier sound um, and from the angrier music. And we want to start having more like finding more of those happy endings, you know, and um, we want to start like playing music that makes you feel good and doesn't just like, I mean, it is good to have music that like basically empathizes with you to put it very simply. Um, but we want to have uh, music that will help lift you, you know, and I right. think this song is definitely helping us pivot at least from a musical standpoint because we're not like borderline metal in this song like we've been in some of our past songs. Um, but I think it's, uh, I think all of this, you know, releasing obsessions has been a step in the direction of trying to pivot to a more positive place for us. Yeah, and I, I think with that, you know, it's it goes into the mindset of like, and I'm guilty of it as well. Like I've got a Spotify playlist that is just some of the most sad emo shit that I can find. <laughs> yeah. And then you start to dwell in that space and it's like, well, but should I be dwelling in this space or should I find music that's helping me pull out? And that's what you're, you're trying to shift to is this music that when you're in a dark place, I can help get you out of that dark place by this song or whatever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that's a, a conscious decision. Um, what's it been like trying to write that, you know, trying to formulate these songs now that you can say, are we being authentic still or are we purely writing for this directional change? <laughs> um, that is a little bit difficult because we are currently trying to write a concept album. 
And the idea behind the concept album is it's called reinvent, you know, working title. Um, but you know, about, uh, how you go through different seasons of life and you change in these different ways and how sometimes like those changes are against the way that you thought you were going to be when you were young or, you know, it's basically choosing, consciously choosing this new direction and not entirely being sure if you're okay with yourself for choosing that direction, um, but then finding ways to love yourself and love that new person that you're becoming that is, you know, happening through this reinvention. Um, and so, you know, it's honestly been incredibly difficult. Like, I don't think I've been able to complete an entire song worth of lyrics um, for that entire album because it's kind of foreign to me. You know, I'm used to being yeah. pissed off or sad. <laughs> and uh, now I want to be like, it's okay to change, but it's like, I don't know if it's okay to change. I have, <laughs> I'm not even sure if I've changed enough in my life. You know, we're, we're not exactly, you know, seasoned veterans here. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot about growth. Yeah, well, and I, I think that's the, the cool thing with music, especially, Art in general, really, is, you know, you mentioned going through seasons of life, looking at an artist's, you know, different eras of their careers. It's an awesome thing to see, like, OK, they started off very young, pissed off, angsty, and then they matured and, and did all these awesome things as they they got older, you know, um, whether that's, you know, a physical art form like painting and stuff like that or the music side. Um, I think you know, it, it helps to know that, like you said, you want to spur and inspire this change and this growth for people, but not knowing if it's okay because you haven't maybe done enough of it yourself. I think it's it's this interesting thing where by promoting other people or inspiring other people to do more change, like subconsciously, you're going to start doing more of it yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with this, obviously, we don't want to leak any details that, that we're not allowed to, and it's probably in the early stages. But with this idea of a concept album and, and growing and getting better, um, how do you approach that style of an album versus just you know, putting out music? Um, so we want to try and tell a story um loosely you know i mean it's not like actually having a, a story of scenes and you know one leads into the other but there definitely has to be this logical connection from one song to the next um and so i mean i have personally for when i'm sitting down to write songs i've written down the different types of songs like what the different messages should be and almost tried to storyboard the album first um and then when I go to sit down, I mean, we've got like a lot of music written. It's really the lyrics and the vocals that we have to put to them at this point. Um, but so, you know, when I go to actually sit down and write the lyrics, I try to find the music that sounds like the idea and then try to put the lyrics to it or try to write lyrics that go along with that idea. And, you know, sometimes you have one piece of music that you try for three different songs, three different messages, right. and it finally fits, you know, 
it's just very different from, you know, these one-off, you know, I'm pissed off today, so I'm going to write a song about being pissed off and the music is angry. You know, it's, it's a, like very simple, but then to try and have this logical connection is more difficult. And now we're all three in different states. So I'm only sitting here with Faith because I drove in from San Diego to Phoenix literally half an hour ago. <laughs> um, and so now demoing these songs, you know, we each have our own recording setups. Um, so, you know, one of us starts the recording and sends it to the other. Um, what's it like for you when for like me? we try to send you music and you write to it? Well, I try to write a drum part that fits in well with the other instrumentals and have like emotion to it too with like what's going on with like dynamics and things like that. And I just think it's fun too, just like, cause I got um, like a whole setup eventually, like I saved up money for a while and I got my, my mics and like audio interface. And then, yeah, now I can like record from my house. We can record demos and then eventually go into studio yeah. and get it all done together. Yeah, and there'll be times where like, you know, Kaylee writes something or I write something or Faith writes something. And it's like, I love what you've done, but it's not going along the vein of the song that we're trying to write, you know, so right. try to capture more of this. And uh, I think that's something that we're... I mean, again, like we just all kind of separated to different states, so we're pretty new to it. But I think we're very good at being honest, lovingly honest with one another in those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, I think, you know, COVID made everybody have to learn a lot of that stuff, right? Like how to record at home, how to mix some of the stuff yourself for demos and things like that. Um, and it, it is different than being together in a, a studio space or a jam space where you can immediately say, Hey, this really isn't working. And you don't have to feel bad that, Oh, they spent seven hours working on this part. And now we're telling <laughs> them that it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's funny because like you'll be in a mood for something when you go to write and then you send it off and sometimes it takes a few days to get it back and so right. now you're not in that mood anymore and it's like well what do i do to get back in that place you know so again luckily going to more trying to go to a more positive message um it'll be beneficial for us to try and get back to these places instead of like writing an angry song where it's like well now i have to get angry if i want to keep working on this so right yeah, <laughs> yeah i think you know the the advantage obviously to this is that you guys can live apart and, and have lives and not to say that the band's not important because obviously it is otherwise you wouldn't be doing it but like sometimes i feel like you know with artists especially back in the day maybe certain members felt like they were tied down or or stuck because they couldn't be closer to family or whatever and so that you know changes that whole dynamic and now with this new era if you will you guys get to kind of live your own separate lives and then when you do get together, it's like, oh, shit, yes, we've missed this. Like, yeah. this is more fun. It just amps everything up a little bit. Yeah. At our last show that we played, October 16th, was it? I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we finally, like, we got to play The Nile in Mesa, Arizona, 
awesome venue, massive venue. I don't think we've ever played a venue that big before. And I had just gotten done like blowing a whole bunch of money on like wireless setup <laughs> stuff. And I, at one point, just took off to the back of the room because it's like, you know, this is the best feeling in the world. Like, I'm flying, Jack. You know, like, this, this is the best thing. And so it's funny because, like, there's definitely that higher high when we do finally get to get together. And, you know, even just walking in the door to come say hi to Faith today, it's like, I've missed you so much. Like, it makes all these moments that much sweeter, you know? Yeah, yeah. just being apart from people, like, it makes you realize how much you miss someone. Yeah. And it just makes the times together even better. Yeah. Yeah, and especially when it's, you know, hopefully most bands aren't this way. Back in the day, it was very, very common that bands were together because of paychecks, right? Like, mm-hmm. Alice Cooper's band is Alice <laughs> Cooper's band, but they're not necessarily his best friends or whatever. And now, you know, music has moved in such a direction where bandmates are family, you know, and so being apart from your family and then getting back together after a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, like it it automatically kicks up those endorphins and that rush of good feeling. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because like we've been through a lot of transition. We've had a lot of um, change. I mean, I just texted Kaylee earlier today, but three years ago, three years and two weeks ago yesterday, we played our first show in our former life as a band. We've been Fire by Night for about a year, but before that we were under a different name. And, you know, we've, the the cool thing, I guess, to kind of stay within the lines of that, um, we've always chosen who we're working with. You know, it's always been a choice to be working with each other to your point, you know? And uh, I mean, we're certainly not doing this for the pay. (laughs) So I think that's, it's a, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot more freedom as an artist today because you can go all the way completely independent. Um, But there's also, you know, uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's it's either like feast or famine, you know, but you can make a meager living as an artist now. I think it is difficult being um, apart from each other and making a good living, you know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we are just definitely doing this because we genuinely love each other and we love what we're doing and we believe in what we're doing and what we're saying. So, yeah. And I think, you know, with that, like, you know, a meager living, but again, like, the measure of success varies from person to person. Like, obviously we all want money. We live in a capitalist world, but yeah. <laughs> realistically, you know, the measure of success for you guys may just be being on the road and being able to do it full time. Like don't mm-hmm. have to bring home millions of dollars, but being able to pursue your passion is enough, you know? Yeah. We have that conversation from time to time, at least once every six months or once a year we'll talk about so what does it mean for you to make it because it does mean something different and I know Kaylee has said the day that people are singing my lyrics back to me is the day I'll know I've made it and for me I want to be in a tour van like at least for a few months and have that be the way I make my living you know for me that's gonna give me all the elation that I will ever need um what's making it for you um I would say yeah being able to make a living off it without like having another job and like Mm -hmm. 
just having like a fan base like if you weren't to like post for months and then come back people wouldn't forget about you yeah like that's when you really know you've made it because (laughs) not not a lot of people can do that come back from that yeah with having all that support still there yeah, for sure. Hey, Kaylee, glad you Hi. could make it. <laughs> hey. Sorry about that. I have a ton of no training worries. to do for my job coming up, and I just got so it's all good. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Um, so, oh, no, what were you saying? I, I was just going to say, so basically what we were just talking about as you joined in, if you caught it kind of there at the end, is... Um, what does the vision of success look like for, for each of you individually? You know, like obviously living in a capitalist world, we want to make millions of dollars, but <laughs> that's not necessarily the realistic goal and the measure for everyone. Right. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Chris was letting us know a, a little bit about, didn't divulge too many details. I told him not to get in trouble, so don't worry. Uh, but talking about kind of this concept album that you guys are starting to work on and this new direction that you're wanting to go um, sonically mm-hmm. with everything, what's that been like for you as well? Because obviously you've got this project and the the other project, but um, what's it like to say, okay, you know, we're in a spot where we've kind of established a sound but we know that that's not necessarily the final sound that we want. It's really interesting, actually. And like, we're working on a few songs that I'm personally very excited about um, (laughs) that kind of uh, bring in a lot of different elements that aren't really involved in the songs that we already have out right now. And definitely a different vibe for sure. And it's, it's kind of, when we had first talked about this and everything, I was kind of nervous about it because I was like, oh no, but people really like Enemy. Like, what are we going to do? And so, of course, there's that fear of like, what if people don't respond well to this newer sound that we're going towards? Um, You know, but at the same time, I I think it was something that was good for us because we both, we, and everything, I think we just want to be genuine and honest and we want to be um the very best versions of ourselves that we can be and that means putting out music that represents who we are genuinely rather than trying to fit a style or trying to fit you know a thing yeah yeah Yeah, it's funny you say that because literally what we've been talking about prior to this is the authenticity of the music is being true to yourself and making sure that you know chris was talking about that feeling of kind of growing up through the music and showing that growth as Mm -hmm. you you know make those personal changes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um so We've talked a little bit about, um, we opened it up with talking about obsession and, you know, kind of the the mentality behind it. Um, we touched on a little bit of the the prior entity. We didn't name the prior entity, but making the transition into Fire by Night um, for the ah. last year or so. <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so what's it been like on your side of things to, you know, kind of have to make that presence where it's like, yes, we were something, but that's not what we identify as anymore. Um, Like in the transition to Fire by Night? Right, yeah. That was 
<laughs> How do I? Okay, that was whack in in the <laughs> in the weirdest sense of the term. Like we, since Chris and I have started like writing music together and everything, our our goal has always been like whoever we're in a band with, we want it to feel like a family, you know, mm-hmm. and in the band that we were in prior um, to fire by night, you know, we definitely had that kind of sense of family and then it got kind of, you know, uh, I won't go into detail about it, but transitioning into like fire by night, honestly, for me was something that was really liberating and something that was really healing because you know, we wrote a diss track and we got over it and we became better than ever. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, it was definitely at the time, it was a definitely a very healthy transition to make as a group. And, you know, our band's been through a lot of changes and I, I think where we are now is probably the most secure and stable place we've been in and we we're all like on the same page with direction and sound and like all of that stuff so i'm really excited to see where fire by night goes from here i'd also add i think part of that is because i i don't think we've ever been more sure about who we are as individuals um you know uh, you've gone through a lot of personal change kaylee um i've gone through quite a bit of personal change uh, we got faith. Faith is like the new face that made us like fire by night instead of the other band. Yeah. Uh, so, only different yeah, yeah, really the only like different member change. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, one thing I would say is, especially because we're not in it for the money and especially because we're, you know, doing this because we love it, not because someone's paying us to do it or whatever. Um, You really need to go into it knowing who you are, number one, um, so that you don't get lost in someone else's, you know, what someone else wants you to be, someone else's version of you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think now we're finally in a place where each of us is completely authentically ourselves. And part of that, you know, so we had this kind of dark image we we wore all black all the time and we looked pretty pissed off and then one day <laughs> you know we're kind of like in the middle of a band meeting the three of us and we're like we're not angry people <laughs> why why, <laughs> why do we keep this facade up like why do we have to dress up for shows and pretend like we're pissed off like we're actually fairly happy people when you know we're healthy And uh, yeah, so that's kind of why we wanted to make the aesthetic change. And again, why we want to move towards a more positive sort of music, positive message in music. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would say that, like, (laughs) I don't necessarily think maybe our music is happier, but it definitely, because we do continue to write about things like anxiety and like holding that weight and how do you move on from past traumas and stuff like that so we still write songs about like heavy stuff however we we want to do it in a light-hearted way that's accessible to people and that people can still relate to yeah without like just bleeding on them all (laughs) right right (laughs) 
but but I think you know, especially with the state of the music industry now, like that's really a area of the the genre, if you will, that people are starting to explore a lot more and understanding that you know a vast majority of people deal with some really heavy and dark shit, mm-hmm. but you don't have to necessarily hold on to it. Like you can find these releases through music or whatever to kind of cope with or to begin to heal yourself of sorts yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. I know personally music was such a healing thing for me and like I'm not good at expressing my emotions (laughs) through just talking about it but like hand me a guitar and I'll sing you something it'll me it'll you know help me express myself best and I think a lot of people can relate to that I know a lot of musicians can and I think yeah. 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 No, I I agree. I I think it's funny, you know, looking back before so I do a lot of mental health advocacy now. Yeah. But like before I really got into that arena with stuff like looking back at old mixed CDs or Spotify playlists and stuff, I'm like, yep, music's always been how I I could have given somebody a CD and been like this is how I feel and it would have been 10 or 12 of the most random songs but yep. it will it will express everything that i'm thinking at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Spotify playlist, man. That that called me out. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> i literally wrote one the other day um or like last week at work that was called everything is irritating. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. So good. Yeah. I've I've got one that's called sad your day, like Saturday but sad your day. Yes. And it's all just <laughs> all just super emo shit yeah i i love sad girl music i'm all about that phoebe bridger's life and i will sit here in the rain and just (laughs) it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but again i think you know chris and i kind of touched on it earlier i think that's the beautiful thing about music is like people make those connections with those songs Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden even though it's about a pretty dark topic like people are relating to it and going oh shit you know i'm i'm not really alone like yeah these people mm-hmm. feel it too so they're yeah. still out there they're making music they're doing whatever i can move forward as well yeah absolutely yeah and correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to put words in your mouth that's kind of the intent with the new direction and the new new sound too right like yeah it's okay to have these feelings but let's you know do something about them yeah yeah and like I know personally with the songs that we end up writing and stuff and like at our shows and everything I just want people to feel like they're part of something Mm -hmm. you know and the goal is like like you said like you're not actually alone you know like you may be going through all this stuff but fuck like I am too you know how about we go it through how about we go through it together and we come out better on the other side you know yeah, and that's the you make the scene name actually came from that exact same thought. The, the music industry, like every single person in that crowd, every person on that stage, the tour people, you know, the front of house lights guy, that's what makes this music scene. That's what makes this community. And like, I can't tell you, and I, I'm sure you guys are the same way. I can't tell you how many shows I've went to and walked away with a new friend because we just connected over the same band or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's easily one of the best feelings when you walk out of a venue and you're like, 
cool. You know, like so-and-so loves real friends just as much as me and yeah. you know, whatever. And like, obviously the hope is that your band's going to start bringing people together in that same fashion. Right. Oh, that would be incredible. Yeah. That would be we've awesome. Got, we've, uh, we've made a pretty decent start. So I moved to San Diego recently. Kaylee moved to Seattle, like literally this last week. Literally um, two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Faith is still in Phoenix and she's like holding it down here for us. <laughs> um, but uh, when I moved to San Diego, um, I was told about this band that you've actually uh, interviewed on your show called The Undertaking, Austin uh, yeah. Visser. Dude. Yeah. I freaking love The Undertaking. I don't like listening to that kind of music usually, like not my thing, yeah. but I went to their show. And um, I mean, first of all, just if you ever get the chance to see them live, they're one of the best bands to see live. Like they're climbing all over shit. There's like <laughs> never, a, like I think there's a total of 10 seconds for the duration of the show where all the members of the band are on the stage together. But otherwise they're like running across the venue and stuff. And that was one of those shows where like, I just felt, I felt that connection. Like he came up to me at one point, he's screaming into his microphone and he grabs me by the back of the head and we like (laughs) conk foreheads together. And I have no idea what he's screaming to me, but man, I'm into it. Like I'm there for it. So uh, we, um, we actually invited them to come play a show with us here in Phoenix uh, a couple weeks ago or fuck a month ago. Um, That was like a month ago, dude. (laughs) I don't know time. So um, but yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things like there was that connection and I'm like, this is a band that knows how to make connections and we need to have them with us so we can make connections together, you know? Absolutely. It brought so much energy too. Oh my gosh. Dude, it was so hard to go on like after their set. <laughs> I remember I looked at Chris at one point during their set and I was like, dude, how the fuck are we supposed to follow this up? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're insane. Uh, That's one of the my favorite things is when like not saying they showed you up, but like when an opening band is like way more energetic and just grabs the crowd, and then it's like you know the headliners stand inside stage going shit. Like we have to bring it now. Like it's our (laughs) turn to amp things up. Yeah, yeah. I think they really warmed up the crowd really nicely. I mean, by the time it was our turn. People were super into it, you know, and it didn't matter that our stuff didn't sound anything like theirs. You know, they were warm. So, like, they were one of those perfect openers, but they'll be great headliners, too. So, I hope that when they start headlining, you should contact them and be like, hey, yo, <laughs> when you start headlining, like, bring us with you. <laughs> oh, I've started. Honestly, honestly, though, wouldn't that? Yeah, wouldn't that be a great thing, though? Like, just trade off support for each other. And, you know, that's yeah. how the music industry grows. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, Austin's a great dude. Uh, that conversation was was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it, it goes to show, like, just how small the, the music community really is. Like, everybody assumes, and there are just a shitload of bands, don't get me wrong. But, like, it's crazy how close people really are like I've interviewed you know this is going to be episode like number 96 for the podcast but I've been doing interviews for like 16 17 years with music journalism and the number of times that I've heard a story just like yours where like hey man you know so and so they like 
I just talked to somebody the other day and they're like, Hey, you know, that band good terms that you interviewed? I'm like, yeah, they're like, you know, the, the drummer's actually in our band as a bassist and like, what the fuck is this kitchen here? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why whenever we get to do any kind of interview, I love shouting out. Like, I think our last interview, I shouted out like five different bands. I was just like, <laughs> my man, Casey, and almost made the mixtape in Detroit and Bradley Banks in LA. And, you know, just always trying to shout people out because I mean, that's, again, that's just another way you make a connection is by supporting the other bands the way that you would hope you would be supported as well so right yeah for sure and i think you know obviously you know we're not justin bieber level but uh you know like <laughs> that's the only way you get to that level under normal circumstances like bieber is obviously the the oddball him and like willow smith and you know you've got those <laughs> random people that blew up because they just right place right time right parents type of thing but like mm -hmm. bands like all time low real friends mayday parade like these bands that are 20 years strong now it's because they've supported their scene and they've promoted yeah. other people that have promoted them yeah absolutely work together not against each other yeah it's not a competition and, in the music scene well and nobody wins when you start making it that competition because mm -hmm. then it, people just get jaded you're going to burn bridges maybe a producer that you talk crap about is working with a band that really likes you and then you know like there's just so much mm -hmm. potential animosity that it's not yeah. worth it mm -hmm. yeah plus why put your energy into that right like right you okay over there chris there, a bird just hit a window and <laughs> I just really hope it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, um, <laughs> I think that that's a key part that I want people to, to really take home too, is not just musicians supporting musicians, but like, if you're going to a show, get out there early and watch the fucking opener. Like these yeah. people are working just as hard, if not harder. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a rough life for the openers out there. <laughs> well, it, it always has been, but especially now with mm -hmm. like the COVID time, you know, like now a lot of venues, you can't go hang out at merch after your set. Like, yeah. so you've only got that 20 minutes on stage. Um, yeah. And it, I can't even begin to guess how many artists that I saw open for a band that I'm now a big fan of, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's crazy. And yeah. Bayside is a great example for me. Like, obviously blown up, but the very first time I saw Bayside, they opened for Anne Berlin. Like, and if I wouldn't have shown up early, I would have seen Bayside. Yeah. 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 It, you know, it's nuts. Yeah. We just got to convince people to show up to shows in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, dude. Luckily, in, in the Indiana area, Indiana, uh, Chicago's been pretty good. I'm getting ready to go to Ohio in like uh, 10 days, 11 days. Um, so I'll, I'll let you know how it shows up over there. But like the Midwest seems to be like really ready to get back to shows. So that's nice. But, you know, I think it's that little bit of i don't know hesitation because of covid still yeah. a lot of people are, are a little anxious about you know well but if i go to a show like 
what's this going to do? And, you know, yeah. some, some promoters, I'm going to drop a big one, Live Nation, at least in Indiana and in this area, like you have to show your vaccine proof or mm -hmm. negative test and some, you know, I some don't want to get political, but yeah, some people are just not about that life. Yeah. Um, and which, you know, fine, do, do you, but you can't complain because a business is trying to protect people. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the we, thing. It's like, it, oh, sorry, go ahead, Kaylee. <laughs> I was going to say, we noticed that with our last show that we did because we required uh, proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. And a lot of people weren't able to come because they just weren't about that you know mm. it was pretty yeah and <laughs> i it's funny because like the inclination initially is like get frustrated that that's in place in the first place but then it's like well it's just as big of a sacrifice for the venue to do that as it is for the band staff to tell their fans yeah, to right. do that and if not a bigger sacrifice for the venue, because they actually like that is their living. The venue is their living. You know, right. we're not doing this for a living. So it's, you know, not as big of a hit to us. So, you know, I like there was one point when I was really frustrated before our last show. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, it's really awesome that like they're still willing to let us go take their stage you know, right. and even though they have to put all these rules in place and stuff. So like, as much as it sucks, like, yeah, you've either got to decide that you're going to be cool with it um, and go, or you have to decide that you're not going to be cool with it, but then not get mad that you can't go, you know, like, right. You can't have right. both. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it, I guess my thing is, again, not to get political with it, but like the people that are complaining about it, I get if you don't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason, fine. You know, that's your prerogative and everything. But like, you can't be like, oh, they're they're keeping me from going. All you have to do is go buy a COVID test from like CVS or Walgreens and show that you don't have COVID. Like, we're not asking for the world here. We're just right. asking for, are you not sick? Okay, then come in. Right. And the luckily, hard part, oh, go ahead. I was going <laughs> to <laughs> I was gonna say, luckily, uh, the venue that we were at, the Nile, um, did actually provide COVID tests for people yeah. when they showed up and everything. Um, I don't know if all venues are doing that, but they're trying their hardest to make shows available and accessible to people mm -hmm. again, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, and I think, I know you have something to add in there real quick, Chris, but um I think, you know, over here in the Midwest, there's a couple venues that, that are doing that and it's great, but like at the same time, like I don't expect any venue to do it. You know, they're yeah. already to Chris's point earlier, like, especially now, this is their livelihood. And obviously they want as many people in there as they can, because that's how they're making money. But at the same time, like to add that additional expense for them to buy the tests for yeah. people to take. So that then they can come in, you know, it's just that like, where does it balance out kind of feeling? Right. right. Yeah. Well, in, in the last 10, 15 years, you know, musicians and artists have had to try a lot harder to make everything as accessible as possible and as simple as possible. So, you know, people, I don't know 
maybe this is just what I'm told and I've bought into it, but it seems like people don't want to buy music. Um, they don't want to pay a dollar for a song. They'd rather, you know, subscribe to a streaming platform. And so that's fine. Artists have to deal with that, but now you need to make sure that it's available on the streaming platforms. Um, but then you have to take it another step further and give them as few steps between seeing your name and listening to your music as possible. Mm. And it's right. the same thing with this, you know, doing the COVID test. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. You can get COVID tests for free within 72 hours. Like, go take a rapid test and stuff. It's just that you're asking them to take another step. And so you're yeah. putting another gap in that accessibility in a world where we've been trying to do as much as we can to become as accessible as possible already. So again, it's like, it, it's not like it's the worst thing in the world, but it is, that is why it's more challenging right now. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Um, real quick on the, the money thing. I think that's absolutely true for the baseline, right? Like mm -hmm. most people would prefer to just pay for Spotify premium, Apple music, whatever, but it does seem like vinyl and, you know, those special editions are still driving sales. So there's money to be had in the physical format, but at the same time, I, I just talked to um, a, an artist the other day and we were talking about like on vinyls, when you do these, you know, different variants and stuff like that, like that shit's expensive for the artist. So then they're yeah. just really trying to recoup their money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like vinyl is not really worth investing in as an artist until you're huge. Like, yeah. it just, it doesn't feel. <laughs> or at I, least until you know you're going to sell all the copies that you buy. And unfortunately, right. vinyls you have to buy in like runs of one or 200. And so yeah. like you're buying 100 or 200 of these things and you're spending two to three grand or whatever it is. I. I haven't looked at it in a little while but then like how do you know you're especially us as a local band like how do you know you're gonna sell all 200 make your money back and not just have you know some vinyls that are wall decoration or you know basement yeah. decoration i feel like that's like one of the reasons why we haven't like brought cds to merch tables yeah. so who who listens yeah. to cds now you know, people just go on to Spotify and find the song and that's what they, and even then it's hard to get people to do that. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it can be. And honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a CD, I've bought a couple, right. you know, albums and, and vinyls, but because I've got Sirius XM and I've got Spotify, like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't quote unquote need the physical disc, mm -hmm. but like Oof. anymore, I remember in high school, in my 97 Dodge Neon, I had a big ass binder full of CDs, you know? Yes. Like, you know, that was just trying to find the good, good mix. But now it's like, it's all in your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, who needs a mixtape when you have a playlist, right? To go full circle on that <laughs> well, I was, one. I was gonna say like, with CDs, you have to buy like the entire CD. And then maybe there's some songs you don't like on there. And then with Spotify, it's like I can just listen to like the three songs from the album that I really love. And then I can put them into other songs. And it's just, right. yeah, it just makes yeah. everything easier, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel it's yeah. like the easier route. And it Damn, makes it a lot Spotify. Simple. <laughs> yeah, a lot more simple. You know, do it anywhere rather than a CD. You have to actually be at somewhere with a CD player. Yeah. <laughs> and like, 
think about just trying to show people music now, you know, back again, back in the day, I have to bring my 300 disc binder of CDs to show friends new music. <laughs> now I just sit down with my phone and I'm like, have you heard this band? What about this one? Check this song out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's crazy. Like when you're showing people those songs too, because you need to make sure that like the 10 or 15 seconds that you show them is like really good. Otherwise right. you feel like an idiot. So you're sitting there like, wait, listen to this song. It gets good. Hold on. It's yeah. going to get really good. <laughs> it's building. Give it a second. It, yeah, just there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny too. Like I've got one of my best friends on Fridays. We both have Spotify premium. So the release radar comes up and we'll just sit there and send each other links to our different release radars. And be like, man, check out this song that's on ours. Um, and it, it's interesting because like the algorithm that's on Spotify, obviously that's part of being a band too, is figuring out how do we, you know, start trending higher? Where do we get linked with other bands or make plays and things like that? Um, but it's funny because we'll, we'll be sending stuff back and forth to each other on, you know, whatever. And um, like, he'll have a song off of a new album and I'll have a song off the same album, but it's a different song. And it's like, where, where does the rhythm really go? Like, how does it determine that I would like track number three, but he likes five? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy, actually. I didn't know that it did that, but that's... <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. The, the most recent one I can think of was um, the new uh, Escape the Fate album. He had two of their songs, and it was two different songs than the ones that I had. And I'm like, but why, why? Like we listen to a lot of the same music. Why would it be different songs? But I'm sure on the backside, there's, you know, it tracks like what BP you like to listen to and what key and all that crap analytic stuff that they build into it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the digital age of music. We've been touching on it, obviously, but like for you guys, obviously that's the direction that you have to go at this point, right? Like to be an artist and not be focused in the digital world, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, whatever, Spotify, Apple, like how has it changed your, your mindset about almost being more business oriented with a band, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that for the most part, Fire by Night has been almost completely a digital uh, project. I mean, we've had like three, two, three shows as Fire by Night? Three. Yep, three shows. Three shows total as Fire by Night. But we've been <clears throat> together as a band for over a year now. And we've been putting out music for over a year. And so I think, you know, I... Our, our band kind of started off digitally so there wasn't like a transition really for us yeah um but it is really interesting how much everything matters and how like like chris is amazing at this at it just like laying out how we're going to do things and like he's a spreadsheet master and we just go through the spreadsheet and you know maps out but for the whole year yeah we have a whole plan for this whole next year but it's great and you kind of need that you know you need to know when things are going to happen when you're going to be posting things like all of that stuff is so important because 
you know, the name of the game now is staying relevant. For sure. And it's, yeah. Here's the yeah, thing, Josh. I hate social media. Facts. And <laughs> Me too. I, it's, Me too, but I have to have it. <laughs> it's like, not like it. I, I don't think it's evil or anything. I just, I very much, so much more cherish the in-person connections, uh, which is, you know, it's ironic that now we are a completely like distant band you know all of us each of us in a different state different city and stuff um but you know i just i don't know i don't like feeling like i have to pretend no matter what i'm doing and so when we go like making social media posts and stuff it's fine and everything like i love posting pictures of uh shows and everything but that also then necessitates you coming up with the regular photos that are you know if you have a certain quality you're going for you have to maintain that quality you can't drop back right. on your quality unless you have a very authentic post that you're posting you know so um you, there's so many things that you have to think about before you go to post something on social media but it's also the primary way that people are connecting especially in COVID era and um you know some of it is laziness like just not taking the time to think up a post and post the crap that we have um but some of it is just like not wanting to like have to feel like i've i'm faking it you know um and you know we're we're a lot better at social media now than we've ever been before primarily instagram that's like the one place that we actually post regularly um but like our facebook is not very good we're i think we've got one video on tiktok maybe two and the <laughs> one that i'm thinking of is a complete joke um and so like you know but you do as an artist you do have to keep up with these things if you want to stay relevant you know like to that point um you can't ignore the fact that that is the way people are getting their name out now so you kind of have to fight past the listen i hate social media voice and you have to like kind of dig into it a bit and learn about it and it's like anything else there is a way to be good at it you just have yeah. to practice at it and faith is actually probably the best at using social media out of all of us um but yeah i just like using it more you probably just like using it more. Yeah. <laughs> different generations it's fine right. Right. well you say that but like i'm 36 so i i saw the inception of myspace facebook you know mm -hmm. instagram all these things as they came and there's people that I even work with now that they're like, what was it like before Facebook or what was it like before Instagram was a thing? And I'm like, Jesus, I, I am old. Like this is bullshit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but uh, on that point, Chris, like there is a way to be good at it, you know, and looking mm -hmm. at, it is a boring ass thing to look at, but looking at the analytics, like, they give you all the information you need to know, like your your average, you know, follower is on between this time and this time. So that's a prime time for you to post and, you know, all these little things. And even so far as like Spotify, I know specifically tells you, hey, these songs are being streamed in Chicago more frequently than they are anywhere else or whatever. So, you know, you have this plethora of information now to know you know where to attack but then it's a matter of how do we attack what do we post like what's going to get people to engage because it's one thing too it's this you know 
you don't want to post just a post, right? Like yeah. there needs to be engagement because right. if your post is going up and people see it, but they're not reacting to it or commenting on it, what was the point in doing it? You know, like maybe I should have spent the time to do something else. Um, right. And I, I think that's a, a comment that I want for fans to think about too, that just double tapping the heart is one thing on Instagram, but leaving a comment matters so much more, especially for the algorithm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and so Kaylee already kind of alluded to it, but I am the a spreadsheet kind of guy. That's yeah. uh, I have a hard time thinking without them sometimes. And so one of the things that as we go into this transitionary period, this new season of what the band is going to look and sound and feel like and all that. Um, another thing that, you know, we're going to start, and I haven't, this is going to be news to Kaylee and Faith, but we're going to start talking more about social media strategy. We're, you know, I want to be a lot more intentional about that because you, again, you have to be, um, you know, it's a, a business thing at that point. Like in order to become relevant, you have to be posting on social media and you have to have thought about it beforehand, mm -hmm. um, especially if you want to keep regular engagement. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that it'll be another spreadsheet for me where we're going to like, I'll map it out as a calendar and say, this is the storyline that we're going to follow. And this is how we're going to follow it. Now we just have to have content and or like the little blurb section. Um, what's that called? It's not a bio. Copy. Yeah. Copy. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you have yeah. that part, like you have to think about that beforehand um you know for it to really land the way that you want it to land and again kind of to the going full circle on this again but with the reinvent album with the concept album idea like there has to be a logical flow to some degree you know mm -hmm. um yeah. so yeah that's something that we're hoping to introduce a bit more at least i'm hoping that we introduce a bit more as we go into this next season of releases in 2022 yeah yeah I think to segue into kind of the, the wrap up of the episode here, we'll transition into the last few questions. Um, what does the rest of 21 look for you guys? Obviously, you just put out obsessions, you've got, you know, a little bit of music that you're teasing and stuff like that. But are there plans for some more shows before the end of the year, music videos? And I always touch on this because I really don't think fans understand music videos are fucking expensive so that's why bands don't do them for every single like a lot of money yeah you can say that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we actually decided um especially because kaylee just recently moved to seattle um i mean i've been in san diego for a bit but um, just to kind of take a little bit of a breather, let us all settle in and kind of figure yeah. out this next season. Um, we've actively decided to not do any more shows for the rest of the year, not do any more releases for the rest of the year. We had two photographers at our last show so that we would have enough professional photos so that we would have content to release. Um, but the next couple months, I think November is kind of like a buy month for us, but then December, January, February, we're going to be working a lot more in the background to set ourselves up for 2022. 
Um, we have one music video that we know we're going to make. We have another one that we want to make and a third one that we don't know if we'll be able to afford to make, but we would love to if we can. But damn, we're going to try. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're going to spend the next, you know, three three or four months um, basically putting together a very solid plan for how we do our releases, um, how we place our Facebook and Instagram ads, um, you know, and then again, talking about social media, um, planning and stuff, but we're kind of, we're going to hit a, not a lull or radio silence, but we're not going to be as outwardly active as we have been in the last few months so that we can plan for 2022 and really hopefully have 2022 hit the way that we've always wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it makes sense for us considering, you know, we're kind of revamping our sound, revamping all of this stuff, you know, 2022, at least the way I view it. And I think I can speak for Faith and, and Chris when I say that 2022 for us is like, all right, we're going to come in, we're going to slap you in the face with our new image and you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I think that's a good strategy as well that, you know, especially like you said, with this kind of redirection to be able to take a step back and say you know we we could maintain but it's not a transition right like mm -hmm. if you not that you're portraying someone right now but you know what i mean like it, if you keep portraying this image out there currently people are just going to be like oh they just randomly changed but if there's a, a defined like okay we're taking a step back this is what went on and then you get to launch with this brand new image sound you know everything i think that would be more impactful especially with the way that the world works right like it only takes one moment it could be a dumb TikTok that starts you off it could be an instagram post whatever if it's a whole new image that people see they're gonna be like oh shit like look what this band's doing now yeah 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 and it's also partially um a a mental health thing as well did oh. he drop I think he did. We'll give him uh, a second. Hello. Hi. This whole thing is being recorded still, too. That's the best part. <laughs> That's so great. Anyway, this is my, this is my, oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Figures, we did so good. Yep, I'm back. Figures, we okay. did so good. And then all of a sudden, it just drops me at the end. Um, but no, I think, you know, having that, uh, that clean transition where it's like, you know, we're definitely a new image now. That's going to be a, a key factor, I think, for you guys to um, really execute the the transition. Yeah, and another reason why we're doing this kind of a break is also as a rest, as a kind of a recuperation, a mental health check kind of thing, making sure we don't yeah. just completely burn ourselves out because I've done it many, many times and I've become a very nasty person and Kaylee's experienced it particularly, but um, <laughs> when, when I like keep going and I keep hitting burnout, I just get worse and worse. And uh, so we're also doing this as like a sanity check, uh, you know, because uh, it is important to take breaks. It's important to rest and to find peace and like to, you know, recenter yourself especially yeah. before you go into what we hope is going to be a very busy and impactful season you know it is important to take a step back first and breathe 
right i mean like shit like how are we supposed to tell people to take care of themselves when we can't take care of ourselves exactly (laughs) yeah 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 totally get that and you know that's something i've talked about my other podcast is like it's it's easy to say the words and i think chris you kind of touched on it earlier you know the cliches of like don't worry it gets better and things like that but like to to say the words is one thing but to act on those words is totally different and i think this is a a perfect example of that where you know we want to make this transition we want to reinvent ourselves and you know come out with this new thing so why would we not take a break to actually develop it the way that it should be yeah mm-hmm. exactly absolutely yeah great uh so one of the the last questions i like doing um obviously since you guys aren't heading out on any shows or anything right now we'll we'll change the question a little bit but Let's say, you know, 2022 is coming around. Let's make it the ideal world, right? COVID's <laughs> gone. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, you know, things start with this new new sound and direction. What would a ideal, and all three of you can answer this, what would an ideal headlining tour look like to you as far as who would you want to bring for support? Like, obviously, Ooh. we would probably go national tour, but like, are there any venues specifically that you're like, we have to play that? Yes. <laughs> Go for it. There are. So I have I have announced it to the world and to people around me that I need to play Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. I I, I need to play that. I just I I went and saw a show there for my 21st birthday and it changed my life. Like the oh the acoustics um that and the tacoma dome i was driving up okay and we saw the dome and i looked at my partner and i was like what's that and they were like oh well you know a bunch of touring bands come there and i just go "Mm, i'm gonna play there one day (laughs) so yeah yeah solid Mm -hmm. how about you um I've always thought it'd be really cool to play at like some venue, like a festival mm. with a bunch of like other bands, like you can watch afterwards too, like hang out with yeah. friends. Because when playing shows, I've noticed I like watching other bands before then playing. It just like makes it so much better because like you're going to a concert, and but yeah. you also get to play as well. So <laughs> festival, there's just like yeah. so many different bands playing at the same time. Then after you too, that it'll just be like good time <laughs> yeah um so i don't know if i've got like a defined venue that i would want to play but i would want I, I want to get to the point where we can play stadiums of course like that's i feel that's ridiculous even just saying it but i'm gonna put it out there for the universe to catch um <laughs> stadiums please uh, we manifesting this shit <laughs> Um, (laughs) Uh, but no, I mean, like, I don't really know if I care so much, like where we play, if, you know, we're doing a tour and stuff, I would just want to make it so that, um, it feels like we're just like on a road trip with family. And then we have this really awesome evening activity we do together. So like, I would love to go with, uh, so to name some local Arizona bands, uh, Summer Dimes who were the MIPS, um, now they're the Summer Dimes. Uh, I would love to go with, oh, one of their songs is Sappho. Um, 
I am completely blanking on their name and I'm not going to forgive myself for it. Um, it's a Phoenix local band. Yeah. Interfate as it is. Oh, no, as it is, isn't. Uh, 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 Lead vocalist is Trixia. Ruby Shore. Ruby Shore. Oh my gosh. Oh. Can't believe I almost forgot them. Ruby yes. Shore. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, it would be awesome to go with Fawn Flora. Um, but then, like, to name some bigger bands, well, The Undertaking would also be another one that, you know, they're getting bigger. Um, like Archetypes Collide. Yeah, Archetypes Collide would be cool to tour with. Um, but then, like, to go to, like, Absolute Dream, uh, we wouldn't be headlining. But if we <laughs> were to play a tour with uh, a dream band, I would say Father Son or Biffy Clyro. Those are two of my favorite bands. So, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I I saw set of choices though. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I, I when I remember when the band like first got together, I was like one day we'll open up for Paramore. But <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> Oh god. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> no, and then I got very yeah. tired of people comparing me to Haley Williams just because I sang rock music. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's something I've I've tried to steer away from for a long, long time. Is the whole like female fronted bullshit. Like A, not every band is paramore just because they have a female vocalist. Yeah. But B, like, why do we have to define a rock band? Just because they have, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're a rock band. It doesn't yeah. matter that you're a female-fronted rock band. Like, that mm -hmm. shouldn't weigh anymore or like change people's perspective. Like, I I intentionally go on my way to not tell people that, you know, and to see their true reaction versus like a preconception. Oh, they're you know, they're gonna yeah. sound like Paramore or they're gonna sound like you know Paris or Hailstorm. Yeah no that's not what happens yep yeah. yep and i think i think what happens honestly is that people go to rock shows and then you know you don't often see a lot of um female fronted rock bands i think and so they go and they're like oh my god that's a woman paramore i know women you know and so they just kind of like hang on to that but you're right like it it shouldn't be about that you know it should just be like hey we make really good music i hope you enjoy it <laughs> you know yeah and it shouldn't be because we have one girl in the band it should be because we have two i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> i mean <laughs> i would say less common than a female vocalist is a female drummer just throwing that out there as well but no i think you know, music in general, and particularly the rock industry, has been dominated by males for years. And um, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of the way it's been. I, I would almost argue in America, business has been dominated by males in general and um, kind of sucks, you know, a harsh realization, especially as a man myself, um, right. you know, kind of <laughs> difficult to come to terms with that. Uh, because, you know, I'm not an advocate for that it just you know that's yeah. just kind of the way it's been unfortunately so yeah it, it yeah. is nice to stand out in that way honestly like to to have that be another oh. thing oh bye he's gone <laughs> <laughs> uh. man 
You sound like Haley Williams. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that so much about you, though. I know. it's uh, Recently, it changed to Lizzie Hale. So, okay. yeah. you know, I'll accept the compliment because don't get right. don't get me wrong. Like these <laughs> female vocalists are fucking incredible. I don't sound anything like those bitches. Though. <laughs> yeah. So why are you saying I do? Yeah. <laughs> I think it goes back to and maybe this is a topic for another episode, you know, down the road. But I think it goes back to like. Uh, the fact that the music industry still feels like, and a lot of listeners still feel like they have to put people in these boxes. Mm -hmm. Like to say that any band is, you know, a certain, you know, a pop punk band or you know, even a, a heavy metal band, like, are they though? You know, so many influences now, like what, I use these guys as an example all the time. What genres bring me the horizon? It, it's impossible to tell yeah it's impossible to tell like it depends on what album you're listening to like they vary so much so why do we feel the need that we have to be like oh well the band's a rock band and this band's a female fronted rock band like who fucking cares they they make awesome music that's yeah. all i worry about yeah and honestly those bands are the ones that i'm more impressed with that you do have that confusion or that it changes right. from album to album because it shows you that they're being authentic when they're writing and they're not even like mm -hmm. keeping themselves in a box. They're writing based on what they're feeling, what they're listening to, what's inspiring them. Um, and they're not putting themselves into any specific category. They're allowing themselves to go out. And it also shows that they're growing with their music. You know, they're mm -hmm. not just staying stagnant. You know, I can point to a lot of pop punk bands that are, just pop punk across the top, you know, for their entire careers. And those are some of my least favorite bands because they show no character development. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, it, it goes into, is it a, a matter of talent at that point? And again, this may be a discussion for another time. I don't know, but like, <laughs> is it a matter of talent that that's the only thing you know how to do is this one cookie cutter genre that you figured out? Or is it that you're afraid to step out of that zone and say, look, you know, like, yeah, we, we got popular because we play pop music or pop punk music or whatever, but look at all this other, you know, cool shit that I can do. Like, yeah, bring me the horizons, a great example, but even love them or hate them, machine gun Kelly, like you're a rapper that stepped into pop punk music. Like, yep. okay, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll see what's going on. Post Malone yeah. is the same way. Like that dude sings country songs occasionally. Like what the fuck? <laughs> right. Right. I think we're all kind of trying to just stay true to ourselves. And especially when you get bigger, I can see it being terrifying to kind of step out of what you're popular for. And, um, right. you know, especially like, I don't know if labels, you know, I will labels, you know, you sell your soul a little bit. So if they're like, hey, this this uh, this sells, so we need you to keep making this because it sells, you know, yeah. then you kind of lose your your artistic freedom at that point. Mm -hmm. But it kind of goes yeah, back I, to uh, sorry, it's, it's like a full turnaround of the like why we're wanting to do this, you know, and make the change and stuff because yeah. just want to be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I think that's everything I've got for you guys for this go around anyway. So uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking down the road, especially after the new album and everything. But um, obviously I'll link all the, the social medias and stuff, even though you're going to take a little bit of a step back. Um, but what, what can fans expect from you online? Like where can they find you and just like what's in store for new listeners, hopefully? Well, I mean, shit, new listeners. <laughs> can currently find our old sound on Spotify. Um, <laughs> I think in, in terms of social media and stuff, you can probably just see us doing more casual posting. Um, I think, you know, I'm going to try and set up my PS4 to get back on Twitch and stuff so you can come hang out with me on Twitch. Um, I think we might try some other different things that we need to have a band meeting about, but yeah, <laughs> let us have a band be... meeting. We'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's think, totally fine. Yeah. In general, it's going to be more personable. I, I would yeah. assume. Yeah. Awesome. And so the funny thing is like, I, I've thought about getting like how, doing Twitch streams and stuff as well. I have a lot of, hobbies that are just like completely random and i feel like they wouldn't make great streams but like it might be something interesting for someone to see but i'm not sure if they're gonna like it so like right i might jump on there too but like i don't know who's gonna want to watch me writing calligraphy or setting up a vivarium for a lizard you know like i don't know right. if people are into that <laughs> shit i'm into it so yeah will <laughs> be some other people you never yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I saw a meme the other day and I, I joked with a couple of my friends because I run these these two podcasts and the meme was that this person was going to start a podcast about painting. And I was like, can you guys imagine like a Bob Ross style, just just a, a podcast yes. where you're like, I'm painting some mountains over here and you just hear the paint brush scratch it and shit. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just real ASMR. How good the paint is. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> People would listen to it, though, is the thing. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it started as a joke, and then I started getting serious. Like, hey, I can't paint for shit, so I'm not really going to do it. But I was like, think about it. Like, you could actually make money doing that. You yeah. do episode number two, I'm painting this mountain scene, and then you go sell that painting through Patreon or wherever. Like, there's so much potential for that. And I'm like, maybe it would work. Like, that isn't the worst idea I've heard. Yeah. It's really not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy. That's everything I've got for you guys. I appreciate your time. Um, yeah. We'll be in touch, obviously. Uh, but yeah, what do you want to say to to old listeners and new listeners as kind of your, your thank you, goodbye, we'll see you soon type of uh, statement here? <laughs> Whoa. Well, to old listeners, <laughs> we, we never know who's going to talk. We know. <laughs> both talk a lot. So <laughs> um, to old listeners, uh, thank you for being old listeners. Thank you for sticking around this long. And, um, you know, we know that it's been a bit turbulent and confusing to watch us sometimes. And uh, I mean, we always appreciate the love and the support um, to new listeners. Uh, we hope that you, in our music, you can find a place where you can just be completely yourself. And um, we hope that at some point you reach out to us, you know, messages or come to a show when we get back into that and come say hi. Um, let's just like be people together and 
um, bear our souls to each other. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, but let's just be real. You know, let's let's hang out. Let's you know talk to us. Tell us what you do and what you don't like. Tell us how something made you feel. You know, that's what we're here for, and that's why we do it. So, yeah, awesome. Awesome, guys. Well, I appreciate your time. That's everything I've got. Um, and like I said, we'll be in touch soon, okay? Perfect. Awesome. Thank you Sounds so much, good. Josh. Thank appreciate you so it. much. Thank you. Yeah, not a problem, guys. All right. All right. Bye. 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 Oh, 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 there we go. And that was my conversation with Fire by Night. Um, again, huge thank you to them uh, for finding the time to get everybody on um, and to just you know, have a great conversation. Uh, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast so much is uh, that it's honestly just people talking. Um, you know, I try to make it a point that we are going to talk about their music and stuff like that, but more importantly, we're going to let them be people and and be humans and have discussions about things that matter to them and that, you know, directly involve or affect bands and everything along those lines. And I think this conversation was a, a good example of that where, you know, we touched on a lot of different topics and uh, they had a lot of great insight on what all those things take. So, um, again, thank you to Fire by Night. I want you guys to check them out. Make sure you like and follow them on whatever streaming platform you're on. Um, be sure to like, follow, whatever on social media, whether that's you know Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it is. Uh, we'll have the links to that in the description of the show here. Um, and yeah, uh, let them know, you know, that you listen to the podcast and this is what you enjoyed or this is why you're here. Uh, I, I know they would absolutely love to hear from you guys. Um, and hopefully you guys like what you're hearing from them as far as the new sound and kind of this new direction that they're going in. Now, as for you make the scene, um, obviously I tell you guys all the time, but make sure you hit that like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is. Um, those things help us tremendously, and it's all free, so definitely do that. Uh, I am most active on Instagram, so you can head over there, uh, stay up to date with new episodes, um, our playlist, Weekend Waves, um, new merch as it comes out, which... You can find at youmakethescene.com slash shop. Um, information about the second podcast, which is Musicians for Mental Health. Um, and yeah, you know, we're constantly trying new things and trying to do cool stuff. So come along for the ride on that and help, you know, make some of these things happen. You know, the more likes and subscribes and follows and all that sort of stuff that we have. Uh, there are definitely management teams that that's one of their deciding factors on if they're going to allow, quote unquote, an artist to be on a podcast or whatever. Is is there enough um, visibility and things like that? So be sure that you are, you know, liking, subscribing, all that sort of stuff, following, 
Um, and lastly, before I tell you what song we're going to take you out with this week, um, I talk about it from time to time. I'm going to be a little more proactive about it. Uh, I am a brand ambassador for Eargasm Earplugs. I do personally use them at all the shows that I attend and that I shoot. And they are legitimately the best earplugs I've ever used. Um, I personally use the high fidelity ones. There's little to no audio distortion. Um, It's just a, a decibel reduction that is pretty even and really doesn't disrupt your enjoyment of a concert. So if you head over to eargasmearplugs.com, use promo code you make the scene, all one word together, uh, you will receive 10% off of your order. Um, so definitely do that. They are literally, again, the best earplugs I've ever used. And you know, I'm 36. I've attended hundreds, if not thousands, of concerts over my lifetime. And when I was younger and wasn't using earplugs, I definitely have messed up my hearing. Um, And I wish I would have started using earplugs a lot sooner. Uh, But I'm so glad that I found these. And, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that you guys will start using them because it's not cool to lose your your hearing or damage your hearing at a concert. And then, you know, the next day not being able to hear or talk very well because of it. And then that just compounds over years and and number of shows and all that. And it just, it's not fun. So that is everything for this episode, uh, except for what song I'm going to take you out with. And to take you out this week, I am going to do the latest single by Fire by Night. And that song is called Obsessions. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.